0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Hello, Nats Town. Welcome to Nats Nightly, sponsored by the District Sports Page of FederalBaseball.com. dot com. This is Patrick Reddington from Federal Baseball. I've got Dave Nichols and Tom Bridge from the District Sports Page on the line. Coming to you after the Nationals dropped the thirty-four and thirty-three with a five-three loss to the Rays. But the big story, Dave: Bryce Harper injures his left hamstring during the game. Two runners on in the sixth inning. A Ground ball out the right field by his dribble Cabrera. Harper charging in on a wet grass, goes to throw home, and suffers a leg injury of some sort. We didn't know what it was at that point. Looked really bad. Matt Williams says after the game it's a left hamstring strain, mild left hamstring strain, just to read his comments. He's got a mild left hamstring strain. We'll see how it is tomorrow. It's mild, but he strains a little bit. Any tests done? Not yet, no. He asked for his thoughts as the play unfolded. We just asked him wh- where he was hurting. Trainer Lee Kuntz was out there with him as well, examined him. The discomfort was in his left hamstring. So got him out of the game. We'll reevaluate tomorrow. He said it, the conditions are the conditions. It's unfortunate that it happened, but we've got to play tomorrow, so we have to try to win that one. I think everyone was fearing the worst, day when it originally happened. Here, hear it's a mild left hamstring strain. Slightly good news, I suppose, even though any injury is bad. We'll have to see what's going forward because it looks like worse than that. But that's what they're saying right now.
2: Well, if it is a hamstring, uh, regardless of whether it's a grade one, grade two, or a grade four hamstring pull, that's better than blowing his knee out. And I think that was everybody's uh, original um, fear, the way he went down, the way that the you know, his foot gave out from underneath of him in the wet turf, uh, it's really easy to hyperextend or, you know, tear meniscus or, or ACL or whatever. So, um, you know, you could tear the whole hamstring for all I care that it wasn't to me. Um, you know, that now we just have to worry about the severity of it. I mean, if it is just a mild hamstring, you know, that's going to be a week before he's running full strength again and, and we'll be fine with it. If it's worse, then, you know, obviously they're going to have to, Uh, make some decisions but uh, as long as it is just the hamstring and and they're not pulling any subterfuge on us um, I think we can uh, all breathe a little easier that uh, that it wasn't as bad as it could have
1: been Uh, Matt Williams was asked after the game uh, how everyone reacts and how you try to stay focused when something like this happens your offensive MVP of the season so far goes down with an injury it looks like it's bad just looking at the pictures, he is holding where you're generally holding a hamstring injury when you do it. So The hope is that that's all it is, what Matt Williams said. It's time. It's time to step up. Everybody, we look forward to doing that tomorrow. They're going take on a red-hot Pirates team. And the way things look tonight, they'll be doing it without Bryce Harper.
0: Yeah, that's the situation that we find ourselves in, and you know, you think about how big a season he's had. I think uh, he's up at five wins above replacement right now. I mean, there are a lot of players who would give, you know, at least one of their limbs, if not two, to have a season that good, a full season that good, and to see him there at, at a third of the way through the year, uh, only to be brought up short by a hamstring strain uh, tonight. Boy, there are a lot of Nats fans who uh, you know are clutching their stomachs and. Thinking about heading for the uh, heading for the restroom, uh, and you know for good reason. And you know you you love to see a guy like Bryce Harper go out and play the ball and play the game hard, uh, and he definitely plays the game hard. Uh, but you know tonight he makes a slip on the outfield on the wet grass, and you know we're all we're all stuck there, kind of wondering how bad the injury bug is going to bite them up before they do something about it.
1: Say the Nationals have a policy of not uh, talking about injuries during game, revealing any information during the game, which I know is frustrating to fans, but I guess they don't want to distract from what's going on in the field with uh, information about the injuries. I think as far long as I know, that process has been in place. And whether or not it's a good idea, I don't know. It's certainly frustrating for fans to have to wait for an hour or so after the injury happens to find out what happened and get the news from the Nationals. Well, it, yeah, it's, it's not it's- like they're going to tell you the whole story either. Right, and, and and it's
2: tough. I mean, different teams have different policies. Obviously, um, you know, when we were listening uh, to the broadcast from Tampa Bay, you could hear the Tampa Bay public address announcer give the in-game update, and it's just you know those type of things. It's it's a cursory thing, but um, but it's a it's a it's a big help to working media. It's a big help to to fans that are watching along. Um, you know, like we said, you know, we were speculating during the game whether it was knee or hamstring, or you know exactly what it was, and. Um yeah, you know, we have to wait a couple hours to, to find out, but uh um every team has a different policy and I guess this is just the Nats policy on it.
1: Tom, let's go to some of the actual game action there. Doug Fister on the mound for the Nationals, two and two, four three one ERA, four six seven fifth, thirty-nine and two thirds innings pitched. Opposing hitters two ninety one, three thirty one, four fifty six line before he was placed on the DL on May fifteenth with tightness in his right forearm related to a flexor injury. Two rehab starts before returning tonight, the ground ball machine, but three straight grounders got through in the second. Two to one, Nationals after one and a half, one earned run, 74 innings pitch after five. The Velo, uh, velocity creeped up 86 early, around 87, 88 going into the game. So he got a little bit stronger as it went along, which is probably a good sign, but gave up a homer by Joey Butler in the sixth. Three more singles and an error by Harper on that throw in where he gets injured. Two runs score on that play, four to three at that point. Decent start from Fister, uh, probably what you expect coming off of a little over a month on the DL, a little bit of rust out there, but all signs are good. No word of any injury or any problems with him afterwards, so Doug Sister returns and gets through a healthy start. Yeah, he made it through the start. I, uh, I have to wonder a little bit
0: about when you pull somebody like that, especially on his first start back. I mean, you could have pulled him after the home run, you could have pulled him after the first single, or the second single, or the other two batters that followed before Matt Williams came out to actually get Doug Fister. Um, you know, as as a manager, you know you, you're really keyed into what your your pitcher, your starter's pitch count is. You're keyed into where his location's working and where it's not, and you're aware that there are limits, especially coming right back after uh, the DL. And I'm just not sure Matt Williams was keyed into any of that tonight at all. And for a guy who keeps telling everybody that they need to step up, I certainly think I'd like to see more out of Matt Williams' uh, bullpen management than what we've seen out of him so far this year. Uh, for for him to leave Fister out there to rot on the vine for a good solid 15 pitches past his expiration date has me wondering, um, you know, is he really the person to be asking that question?
1: Dave, what do you think of a Fister start? I saw you tweeting about pitch-to-contact not working when they go through the infield and pitching to strikeout being a better philosophy. Humorously, I'll note, but what do you think of Fister overall on the mound and what you saw from him tonight? Well, I thought
2: he did a really nice job. Um, His his job is to get ground balls, and the Nationals' players' job is to pick them up, and they didn't do that tonight. Uh, You know, three errors. um, There were two more plays that should have been errors that – the one that got overturned from Desmond and another one earlier. Um, You have to play better defense if you've got a ground ball pitch-to-contact pitcher, and they didn't do that tonight. Um, Like I said, I thought Pfister did a pretty good job. He was keeping the ball down for the most part. Um, Made a bad pitch on the home run, but um, that last inning was just confounding. You know, you had uh, a couple ground ball singles go through. Um, Obviously, he was going to be on a pitch count tonight. He was already at 74, 75 pitches going into the sixth, and then Um, they didn't even have a reliever up until after the first two base hits. So um, I share Tom's frustration there that you knew the guy was going to be on a short leash. Uh, They should have had somebody up between innings in preparation for, just giving up a couple of ground balls, as opposed to, oh, two balls have gone through.
1: Now we have to get somebody up and it's only going to compound the problem. On the opposite side of the mound, uh, uh, the opposite side of the mound, there is the opposite side of the mound, but, Opposing pitcher tonight, Chris Archer, four and zero in seven outings since his last loss, one four nine ERA, two oh six, two thirty six, two fifty seven line over that stretch, A ridiculous nineteen and point three five K for nine in his last four starts, forty three Ks and twenty innings pitched, five and zero on the road this season with a league low road ERA of zero point five one going into the game, he'd allowed just two earned runs in thirty innings, thirty five innings pitched before tonight in his road starts, regardless of what graph splits say. They're wrong. Fix some Fangraphs. So of course he gives up two earned run in the first tonight. Two nothing that's early. Three one after two. He kind of bounced back and steadied things after that. Put together a decent outing in the end. Really impressive right hander out there. Matt Williams actually compared him to Max Scherzer a little bit about in the way he uh, can throw 93, 94 the whole game and then dial it up when he needs to. But an impressive start in the end, even though he was really shaky at the start, Tom. Huh?
0: Yeah, Chris Archer was uh, was the real deal tonight, and it was certainly a joy to watch him work and not get frustrated by the fact that he was falling behind. Uh, you know, he takes that liner off of his uh, ankle there in the first, and boy, I was gonna say I got real nervous after that ball hit him just uh, you know straight up the middle off Harper's bat. Uh, and, uh, you know, but he rallies, he manages to prevent the damage. I mean, the only person who had, a, the only people who had really, really good nights tonight were Yunel Escobar and, uh, to a lesser extent, Danny Espinoza. And, uh, uh, <clears throat> um, but, you know, the two of those guys have real solid nights, and that's what you really want to see. Uh, you know, Denard fan had a couple of hits tonight. But uh, and Archer was not a, a uh, invincible pitcher out there. But boy, was was he putting up some solid numbers and putting up some solid uh, command
1: tonight, Dave. Uh, I keep going back to instance in the second inning where the Nationals could have added a few runs. Uh, Michael Taylor reached on a bunt, challenged play at first, but they ruled him safe after he was called safe. Sacrifice bunt moved him up. Denard's fan singled first and third at that point. Rendon strikes out swinging, but know Escobar sends a soft fly ball to right field. Michael Taylor scores easily on the play, but Bob Sendley sends Denard's fan around. He's out by a good five feet, doesn't even bother sliding. He's so dead to right at that point. The Nationals are, they go up uh, three to one on that play, but they had an a chance there to have first and third again with two outs and kind of ran in, themselves into an out there. It ended up being a two-run loss, but, you know, who knows what happens if they go up 4-1 at that point and build from there.
2: Yeah, you know, um, in a previous life I got in trouble for criticizing a third-base coach, and uh, I know it's, it's a very difficult job, but uh, um, when one of your fastest players gets thrown out by that much, um, it's obviously, uh, you know, a, a pretty tough call there. Um, look, this was the night to get to Archer. Archer's one of the best pitchers in the American League. Um, he was okay, but he was not great. Um you know, like you said in that inning, he was giving up a lot of contact. And um, with your best hitters coming up, it really seemed like um, seemed like a poor choice at the time to, to send stan there, um, especially, since, uh, especially since Hunter was giving up so much contact at that point.
1: Um, the one offensive highlight, I guess, outside of what we talked about already, you know, Escobar, his third 5-for-5 five five night, scores one run on the night, he even managed uh, – Five for five, third five for five hit on the night. I'm just trying to read my notes and once again finding my chicken scratch illegible. But another big night by him. Matt Williams said his approach at the plate, his short swing is what allows him to do what he does at the plate and really keep, continues to impress. 331 average on the year, even if it is a lot of singles for. His, I believe they uh, said uh, at the beginning of uh, the, the end of the broadcast tonight on the
0: TV crew that there have been not, something on the order of nine five-hit games across all of MLB this season, and to, you know Escobar has three of them so far. So <laughs> to say that you know picking him up in the off-season has been a, a good move is uh, understating the case substantially. And uh, he was going to say tonight he got he gets erased once or twice on double plays, uh, on, on on rough calls there, and that's. That, that's what you need. That, that, that's not what you need to see when you've got a guy hitting the cover off the ball like Escobar is. Uh, you know, he and Denard's fan have been, you know, really the, the, the hit the, the hit man for, for the Nationals this uh, last couple of weeks. And uh, it's definitely a joy to see them continue to work the count, to see them continue to uh, make good contact, to actually, you know, drive the ball up the middle and keep the line moving because that's what the Nationals need right now. They don't need more power, although they can certainly stand to have it. Uh, they need more guys who can do what uh, Span and Escobar do every night, and that's just keep the line with it.
1: Dave, you weren't on the show yesterday, so before we wrap up, I wanted to uh, talk to you about Steven Strasburg's re- rehab start. There were a few reports today, including one by uh, Matt Williams on. Mob Network Radio that said he hit 100 on the radar gun in, Har- in uh, Harrisburg, sat around 96. I was talking with Tom about it last night. He was kind of taking advantage of some double-A hitters, throwing fastballs up high, curveballs in the dirt that they were all chasing. But overall, a good start from Strasburg. It looks like he's going to be coming back to the majors for his next one, though they haven't officially announced that yet. you got Joe Ross, Max Scherzer, and Gio Gonzalez going in the next three. But possibility is that Steven Strasburg is going to be back after that. Well, let me say right off the bat
2: that I don't believe for a minute that he hit triple digits. He hasn't hit triple digits in the major leagues for three years. So um, I, he might have hit it on the gun, but that gun wasn't calibrated very well. Um, but he didn't, give up, he didn't give up a whole lot of contact. He didn't walk anybody. He struck out six. So, um, yeah, he did what he was supposed to do against minor leaguers. So the big thing is that he was able to go out there, and, and apparently for all his pitches, and according to Barry Serluga, who should know Strasburg as well as any reporter in D.C., said he looked comfortable on the mound. So um, I'll take Barry at his word that, that he looked comfortable. Um, obviously, I didn't see him pitch. But a uh, um, big thing is going to be the proof in the pudding when he gets back on, on the Major League Hill. He's, he's got to be healthy. Um, he's got to be able to throw all his pitches. And and he's got to be Steven Strasburg. I mean, this team needs him. I mean, you you look at the roster up and down. They're missing three hitters. They're missing two of their starters. Um, you know, Matt Williams can say we need everybody to start pulling their weight or whatever the heck he said tonight uh, in the post game. But the fact of the matter is the Nationals haven't been on the field all season long. You know, they've had injuries all season long. They haven't been able to put their real team out on the field. And even when they have with Jason Worth and Ryan Zimmerman in the lineup, they haven't been Jason Wirth and Ryan Zimmerman. They've been shells of what they were. So um, this team right now is is two-thirds, maybe three-quarters of the Nationals. Um, You know, people can – um, you know, call for Williams head all they want and, 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 and complain and pull their hair and, and gr- gr- grin, their, grin their teeth and everything else. But we still haven't seen the Nationals. You know, we kind of went through this last year in April and May when they had all the injuries early, and then they went on to have the best record in the major leagues from, you know, from the 1st of June or 1st of July on, whatever it was. So um, I, I'm willing to be to show a little bit more patience overall um, because we haven't seen the Nats on the field yet. But, but Steven Strasburg getting back – on the mound and meeting Steven Strasburg will go a long way
1: into helping that. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, Bryce Harper joins the injured likes of Jason Wirth and Ryan Zimmerman as well. So before we wrap up here, any thoughts on what they do? If Bryce Harper misses any significant time, I know we're jumping the gun, but might as well talk about it and what you think the nationals are going to do if. uh Bryce Harper does miss some time, Tom. I was racking my brain to try to think of who they're going to call up to take place in the outfield. They might just call up an infielder and move one of the guys who's been playing, uh, Clint Robinson, or one of those guys, out to the outfield for now. Has Danny Espinosa played right field yet? I don't think he's
0: played right field I think he's played left field, but I don't think he's played right field yet. So um, am I comfortable with how decimated AAA ranks are right now for outfielders? No, no, that doesn't make me feel good at all. So I was going to say, let's hope that Harper is really just day to day, and not the Nationals' version of day to day, which probably means he has cancer or something. Uh, oh, but uh, you know, let's but let's see how we let's see how we handle it. And I'm not going to I'm not going to go you know scrubbing
2: through the through the AAA lineup just yet.
1: Dave, anyone pop into your head before
2: we sign off? No, there are no options. You'd have to move Taylor over to right field and put Espinosa out in left, and have Clint Robinson at first base, and and that. Ladies and gentlemen, is a spring training lineup. Um, you yeah. know, if you want to compl- if you want to complain about the Nationals not contending with that lineup, be my guest. <laughs> that's
1: night- that's nightly for now. The Nationals drop a five through three decision, thirty four and thirty three overall, on the night on the year, whatever. Matt uh, Knightley, nightly sponsored by the district sports page and federalbaseball.com, at Nationals DSP for Dave's musings on the Nationals, at Tom Bridge DSP for his, at Federal Baseball for us. I apologize for the scratchy nature of this broadcast. If it sounds in your ears like it does in mine, not as bad as it's been before, but our blog talk radio hosts are great people, and I'm sure it's just a one-night problem, so hopefully it'll be cleared up tomorrow. Talk to you guys then. Have a good night, everybody. So I guess I going to ask.